Okay, everybody, we're going to make a start. Thank you very much. Um, we're very fortunate to be joined by uh, Bush McCarzel and Michael West. Indeed, Ollie West is going to join us when he's ready in a few moments. Um, we're going to speak without microphone, so uh, if you've any trouble hearing us, uh, please just let us know, and we, we will certainly raise our voices. Um, my name is Thomas Conway. I've been the talking theatre host for this festival, and uh, funny that there is a lot of parallels between this and other shows on during the festival. The idea of refracting our relationships, sibling relationships, through a classic play. I'm wondering where your the idea for where you started Bush and, and who did it start with and how did it come around? Um, so we made it at the start of the year, so my memory is okay. a bit ropey. I can't really remember why we decided to do this, <laughs> but I'll to try my best. Uh, it sort of comes, I guess, two parts. One part is the idea and the other part is Ollie. Right, yeah. So the idea is, uh, for me was just the name, Hamnet, uh, sounding a bit wrong, like oh god, you mean Hamlet, right? And then, like, it's a typo. And so I like this idea that it would be there in the program, and people go, oh, what a stupid theatre company. They can't, they don't even double-check the, oh, it's embarrassing. But, hang, wait, hang on, what? There's a sun nowhere, can't be Wikipedia. Holy shit, there really was a sun. And it would unfold, scene one would be thinking it was a mistake. And, of course, that thematically becomes a thing. You know that's a mistake being the point. So it's sort of on that, that, then that's the beginning of another route. But then Ollie, uh, I met Ollie. I know Michael, who's Ollie's dad, and uh, a wonderful playwright. So I knew his work. I also know socially Ollie's mama, who's Annie Ryan, who runs Corn Exchange, and uh, I knew them, you know, in Dublin being Dublin. Uh, and then we were making of our last work was called Chekhov's First Play, and we did a development showing of that the year before. And I, it was based on this first text by Chekhov known as Protonov. And there was a young boy in that original script. So I said, oh, where do you find a young boy these days? You know, and Annie and Mike were like, oh, you know, Ollie's a show-off. You know, he's into things. Like that. <laughs> so I was like, all right. So, we, so Ollie came into this mad environment where we were sort of, there was Andy Lee, the boxer. There was Una Doherty, dancer. There was like Dylan Tai, actor. There was uh, Peter Crawley was weirdly performing as himself as a theatre. There was like a weird, like the Bash Street kids. It was like totally mental. And Ollie was just in there on his pogo stick being crazy. It's like four years ago, bouncing around. And we rehearsed, and obviously in the whole week of, you know, Ollie was never listening. I was like, oh, God, children are so... Like, oh, they're just children, I guess. Oh, okay. <laughs> and then when it came to the showing... He was just so precise. He you know, was on point everywhere. He was hitting all the beats. And in a way that I thought, he wants to be good. He didn't seem like an obedient child. He was like an artist. That's what I thought, as an instinct. So that gave me the courage to go, that sort of Hamnet idea, which for me was always to be a lonely thing. A depressing show was a, with a kid, was basically the thing I wanted to chase. <laughs> a child on stage alone, and you don't, no respite from that, you know? But of course, good luck who's going to do that. And then I was like, you know what? I think he would be able for it. So that, that's the origin. Did, you, uh, did it take much to persuade you to, to do the show? Not really. Not really. <laughs> Why um, not? Well, first they said there would be like a dog and a parrot in it or something. Right. And yeah, there was that... supposed to be a, a raven, a bird. So every time Ollie went to be, this raven would go, not to be. Because <laughs> you can train it to speak, but it was just really expensive. 
You mean to say Ollie fell for that? It was never going to happen. No, so there was a dog and a bird, <laughs> yeah. but then. Um, there wasn't. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry about that. You didn't think of backing out of it after the, you discovered that? Um, not really, because they told me that I'd be going to Berlin, like, on tour. Okay. And I always kind of wanted to go to Berlin, but, like, when I went there, it was kind of like Dublin, but, like, bigger roads. Really? <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't half as exciting as you, you thought, no? <laughs> it was okay. It, it was, the hotel was nice. <laughs> <laughs> the club. But have have there been any perks doing this at all? No? Um... Sorry? Have, like, you, have you had any benefits from doing this, or have you enjoyed any part of this? Um, yeah, I, I've enjoyed it. His, his, one of his teachers came to see it last night, and that's, that's a homework pass for at least a week, I think. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> there you go. <laughs> um, great. Michael, um, taking on the role of the dramaturg in this, um, I, am I right in surmising that the roles are fluid between you, Ben, and, and Bush in, in yeah, respect yeah. of the structure of this. I mean, dramaturg is just German for I want your kid. Right, okay, is it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So it's, it's very gracious of them to, to credit me that way. But, uh, <laughs> but no, it, it, happened, uh, it happened very naturally, actually, and mm -hmm. organically just talking about well, what, what the hell is the show that you want to do? And, yeah. um, and as Bush is... Um, he has been thinking about something like this for quite a long time. One of the first conversations we had was he said, you know, I, I don't know many kids, and it would be so amazing to watch a kid for an hour. And I said, well, just come around for breakfast. Yeah. <laughs> That's really not all it's cracked up to be. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, the, the but he said, no, no, but th that sustained, uh, focused attention on uh, a small performer. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, and that was interesting. I mean, I should also add the, the sort of the psychodrama elements to this piece was that this is the... Ollie's first show was, was actually the, the showing of Chekhov's first play, and his mother was played by the dancer Liv uh, Donahue. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and then Bush sheepishly rang me up and said, yeah, We're going to cut the kid. Um, we don't need the kid in the, in the, in the play anymore. And we're going to replace Liv with, with Annie Ryan, actually, his mother. I said, Okay, well, I'm, I'm off the phone right here. <laughs> this, is, this is an Oedipal car crash. Yeah. So you explain that he's being fired and he's being replaced by his own mother. So, <laughs> wow. so, so Bush wrote a very nice letter and had a meeting and, and explained that it was, it was an artistic decision. It wasn't uh, yeah. anything other than that. And that he believed in Ollie so much that he would like to write a one man show for him if he was interested in a year's time. And Ollie said, sure, whatever. But Ollie was probably standing on his hands at the time. Yeah, I pitched the show to Ollie's shoes, I remember. I was like, round for that breath. So, Ollie, do you want to do that? Well, he's under the table and the shoes were like, oh, I just don't know what, it's like, how do you get an answer from a pair of shoes? But the shoes agreed. They're like, yep, yeah, I want to do it. I said, no, that's not, go slow, think about it for a week. I want to do it, I want to do it. Like, ah, oh, okay. Bush, uh, this notion that there's too many ghosts in this play uh, is... Is Hamnet a ghost? Is Shakespeare a ghost? Are there other ghosts joining us here in this piece? Yes. What do I think about that? So many things, I wonder. I was reading the other day. I'm pretentious, Thomas. You know yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. Only cover your ears. It's going to get boring. <laughs> so, I was reading the other day about maybe the origin of art was absence. So somebody drew a picture of a dead child because they weren't there anymore. Or somebody drew a picture of a lover who wasn't there. So art began tracing absence. And the, a character is the only permanent thing in a play. And the ghosts are the people who inhabit, who possess that character. 
from year to year or performance to performance. So I think the ghosts, which we tried to illustrate at the end, are the people in the room passing through. And there's something more permanent, which is uh, art, ideas, mm -hmm. space and time, or, you know, the world that will forget us, you know, all these kind of things. So I think there is a... Uh, I think Hamlet's a ghost. I think his dad's a ghost. I think the audience are ghosts. Um, your past might be one of the ghosts in there as well. I'm just reflecting how Joyce is part of... in the orbit of the ideas around this piece. I mean, the fact that Joyce was using Shakespeare's biography to, to address some of his own sort of psychodrama in, in, in his background. Uh, and you work, you're very familiar with Joyce's work, working in the Joyce Centre. It's funny that of all the works of literature, Ulysses has a big part where he reflects on Hamlet. Yeah. So it's funny that yeah. Ulysses is upstairs, <laughs> yeah, yeah. and as a footnote, in, within Ulysses is Hamlet, and within the Abbey in the bowels of that is Hamlet the show, so it's this kind of cu and curious that, thing, that, that, you know, even if you're a geek, I guess. That <laughs> references to, to Rudy in, in, in Ulysses, yeah, that, that absent uh, child is yeah. there. That, that's, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, There's also one imagine your own psychoanalytic studies here in Dublin that there's a kind of uh, a certain fascination with these things that must come from, from your studies, would that be the case? I suppose so, that would take a shrink to tell me <laughs> you know, where it's coming from, but yeah, I, yeah Thomas is alluding to my, I did a background in psychoanalysis, uh, was a, as a philosophy degree, not trained or anything I don't know yeah. what kind of complex you've got right now, I can tell you <laughs> so I don't know what it is, but, so I'm not able to do, but that was, yeah, the interests and studies of, I think that's the same question in theatre and in art and, you know, what's going on with the mind, you know. Um, um, is there a point in where we're invited to see Bush and Ollie in the show and less Hamlet and Shakespeare, particularly in the end where you're, when you're stripping yourself off, are we inclined to see that you're trying to get a distance between yourself and the show in some way? And the setup. Come back to you on that one. Yeah. Just, I don't think I fully understand the question. And so, I mean, the piece is always um, shifting the ground for us as an audience. Yeah. And the ground is shifting again at that point. But I'm just wondering what is the nature of the shift as you understand it? What is the. Why did I get naked? Why did you get naked? <laughs> <laughs> Ask it straight, man. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. It was quite funny when we first did that. So I was like, before the show, I was like, Michael, okay, there's this bit where I'm going to like be naked, and Ollie won't be on stage, but that is okay. And Michael was like, look, it's okay. Oh, you have to tell him, of course. And I was like, no, no, of course, I'd just be in a hectic rehearsal, you know. And he was like, no, 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 it's not because of like, oh, you'll freak him out. It's just, if he sees your bare ass disappearing into the distance when he's coming on, he'll be laughing for the last 20 minutes of the show, and the whole thing will be ruined, so you better tell him. But uh, I suppose, you know, within that, Within that scene, you know, trying to uh, uh, push a lot of, c c compact a lot of images and a lot of resonances. I think one of the, uh, so it starts quite banal, of course, saying uh, the grief alters you utterly. Uh, you're no longer yourself. Uh, people will testify to that. So forevermore, I'm not myself. It's a sense of distortion. So it begins on that la layer. Then it goes further to say, obviously, the role of your father is a construct that somebody is there to tell you what to do. Your father is not your father. They are also a child, you know. The biggest secret of the adult world is we don't know what we're doing. Um, and we have to keep that secret from children. We do, yeah. They, they, and, and so basically, to mature is to learn slowly and carefully that nobody knows what they're doing. 
Uh, whereas if you learn it too quickly, you will probably have a very unbalanced mind. So uh, why you don't show children the news, because the news is an expression of the chaos of the world. Uh, so you go through that layer, so far my father, and then I suppose the primal scene, the bit where my colleague Ben, don't do that, man, it's just, uh, don't do the naked, it's like, oh, the European theatre bit, oh, come on. <laughs> we must do it, come on, in Ireland, nobody does it, come on. And then, so, uh, certainly a bit of what the, you know, but also, I suppose, when I first saw a parent naked, it's a moment of meaning without content. It's a meaningless encounter. There's dad on the jack, there's mum. It's not, has no meaning, but it is a turning point. There was an, oh, and now then, what? Per moment happens. So it is literally the symbol of a moment of realization without anything being realized. So for an audience to go, what is that there for? Is like, a, for me, a child going, what is, do I do now? So it has to not be interpretable. But, uh, look, we'll argue in the bar after. We certainly will. Ali, I might ask you, I mean... You know that happens, right, Ali? We, oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we, we, uh, we see so many tricks on the stage. Um, did you get to hang out with the, like, the people making those tricks? Yeah. A little bit? Grace in particular, I suppose. Yeah. yeah. How was that? Did, did, was it kind of fun to yeah. be part of the magic box, as it were? Pretty yeah. much. Pretty well, much. I mean, they're kind of around everywhere. Yeah. So. And you, you've got to be very aware of how to make them work as well, I imagine. Kind of, you, yeah. you're, you're quite busy making them work, I think. Even when you lean forward with those shoes, that looks, it's kind of a cool moment. <laughs> and we don't really notice you uh, making, working a trick as such, do we? Yeah, so that's kind of cool. The uh, first, we did a test, remember the video test that mm -hmm. we did? Yeah. And that was when we first had this principle of this interaction with the video, you know. And of course, we wanted to know if Ollie would be anywhere between overwhelmed or bored by it, you know. Yeah. And he just took to it within a second. And it was this whole sequence with me dragging you, trying to drag you through the wall. And Ollie was just like, and we were just like, he's so good. And so then, again, it's, you can get courage and you get uh, permission to push it. Basically, okay, yeah, that's, oh, then, uh, oh, he'll be able for that, you know. So, the skilled dude, yeah, skilled it's, dude. It's it's quite a, a machine of, of tricks in a way. Is it strange being inside it, and knowing that we have a very different relationship to what you have with, with it? Kind of. Yeah. It's strange, like looking it through my eyes. Yeah. Kind of. And do you find it strange that the audience are having the response to it, or, or certainly at the earlier earliest point when audiences were first encountering the show? Did you find, were, you, were you scared about how they, how they might respond or whether they would or not, whether they'd buy into yeah, it? A yeah, a bit. But I remember like just last show we did, uh, there were like two kids there. Yeah. And when I threw the ball through the wall, there was like the youngest one was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. Yeah, yeah. yeah, the first show I remember though, we did a test. Uh, we rehearsed it in April, March, April. We did a test performance here with an audience before we went to Berlin. Yeah. I mean, this guy went to like one of those famous theaters where it was 300 people. Whatever, no problem. <laughs> oh, easy, it was an impressive uh, street. But I remember the first show, we were backstage there, and Ollie's like, you know, goofing. And then the audience are coming in, and it was full, and he heard all that, and he went, there's lots of people here. And I went, I know! That's what I was saying in rehearsals, man! That's why I was saying that bit! Yeah. I was like, he was like, oh, yeah, what did 
do? And I said, I'll tell you what you do. You'll come on stage, you go, who's there? You'll crap your pants, and you'll turn around, and you'll do a few lines, and when the second they laugh, you'll be like, hmm. <laughs> Good evening. Yeah, because you love it. <laughs> and that's kind of what happened, right? And is there a moment where you start to relax on stage? Or, um, yeah? After the guy gets off stage, because then I can stop worrying about him. Like, All right. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when I asked you, I was worried that you'd be really shy to go on stage, but then, <laughs> but then, like I saw your friends like pushing you on, so yeah, that was crazy. They're not his friends anymore. Yeah. So that's over. I did see a night where it was the fourth guy you had to ask before they came yeah. on stage. That was pretty. Pretty mean. They were such punks. Yeah, such punks. Such punks. Yeah. Those I mean, front row tickets. You gotta be careful who you fell with. I think in defence <laughs> of the dudes and dudettes that night. They were just, you know, catch us fire that you're like, oh, are we supposed to not come up? You know, is this like the point? He just goes, oh, I'm so lonely and on with the side play. You know, like, so I think it was presumably not five seriously mean people. <laughs> presumably it was like, yeah. Well, we should pay tribute to Jose Miguel, who may be here. He's in the bar. <laughs> right. Video designer. Video yes. design. So, and it was fun to rec- recall his earliest show, um, his take on, uh, um, that's right, Fergus, yeah, who's, who's afraid, who's in, who is Fergus Kilpatrick? Who is Fergus Kilpatrick? Smart show. Smart show, and just, but there's elements of that. Yeah, we nicked the best bits. For it. <laughs> <laughs> we nicked a few bits from other shows. I saw a little bit of Castellucci in there. Which, uh, where it's with the ball, a little bit? No. Oh, well, which, but, oh the bouncing, the, the bouncing the, ball, the, uh, yeah. Not too much. Yeah. <laughs> 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 yeah, we know that. Um, would anyone like to ask any any questions or respond to any people? Yes, go ahead. Thanks very much indeed for the show. That for me is, I'm sure that all this here was kind of moving and stirring, puzzling and kind of so thematically rich in terms mm. of what it is that you talked about. I was thinking about um, the, the whole role of technology and cinema photography in theatre now Dude, there's a lot, lot going on in that. Yeah. <laughs> I agree. I mean, I mean, I certainly think uh, you know everything move with the times in the sense of everything is uh, uh, fair game. You know, check out everything and see if it's put it to use. But I don't 
think I think you're right. There's always I'm always interested in a uh, sort of discrepancy between uh, technology or the limits that the sort of furthest reaches, but also the prosaic thing of what it feels like to use that. So, for example, let's say we talk about uh, what's big now, all that. Uh, What's the Oculus Rift kind of thing? Oh, um, yeah. Virtual reality, VR stuff. Okay, mm -hmm. so maybe you could have an audience coming in, they're all hooked up, and it's like some incredible thing, whatever. So maybe that's possible. But also what's cool, if an audience come in and see one person on stage going, <laughs> and just see a person live in the technological world, and that becomes tragedy, as opposed to uh, kind of euphoria. So I think it's interesting, again, like the internet, you could show the internet and experience it, but also maybe show somebody lost in the internet yeah. is, again, tragic. And there's like the paradox of technology is that we've never, we've never been so connected, but in many ways we've never been so alienated and estranged. Yeah, so and I agree with you in saying about bodies and presence, but what I mean is certainly being there is the subject, but being there feels a lot like not being there too. You know, I think in Endgame there's a line, it all happened without me. You know, and it's like life is the thing that happens while you're making other plans. You know, the John Lennon, you know. So always a sort of tension and interplay. But, um, <clears throat> we might take one more question, if there's anybody would like to. I was just going to say, I'm trying to, um, says that artists are always like that kid who has a dream, but they're not actually doing it. Surprise! And um, I'm just wondering if you think the artist ever grows up. Mm -hmm. Ollie, do you think Michael and I are grown up, or? <laughs> I mean, Michael, in the role of like a sort of far, what, maybe do you want to speak to that in a sense of, you know, what we're talking about? Parents not knowing what they're doing, yeah. <laughs> you know, or, or, or artists. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's been a very interesting experience, to put it mildly, uh, to sit in a room and watch Ollie uh, begin an artistic conversation with himself and the universe. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and, and to look at him and Bush and think that they're kind of mates now, you know, mm -hmm. that's, that's, they, have a, they have something in common, something they shared and made together that is, it's a real achievement. So that's very moving and interesting. But I think, I mean, my, in the same way that as a dramaturg, I mean, I, really what I do is I just listen to Bush talking about his ideas and it's the same thing as a parent. I mean, you don't have any rules and you don't have any certainty about it. I mean, mm. the, the bits that you think you're in control of are about 2% the total picture. <laughs> so the things that you worry about most are the instructions that you deliver very intensively, like, mm -hmm. don't ever do this again, or if you're going to do this, you must do this. They can't hear any of that stuff. Mm -hmm. You know, like, they're only, it's the daily, daily routine of how people are to each other, how people deal with disappointment, uh, fear, mm -hmm. hope, how you get through all those things. So it's really just, it's, it's a similar process. So it, artistically, it's about staying with the task in hand, and, um, and trying to, you know, the things that you do learn, obviously, from being with the kids is uh, the sense of fun and not taking things too seriously. And one of Ollie's uh, extraordinary gifts is uh, he looks like he just doesn't give uh, absolute monkeys about anything. Yes, but, yeah, yeah. But that's based, that, that's a, yeah. it's an almost wildian seriousness, I think, that uh, it's about the game. What is the game we're playing here, really? Yeah. No, nothing is what it seems. There's never anything other than the game, which is, you're going to tell me what to do now. And I'm going to have to do it. So, what is the game? Yeah. So, out of that kind of stuff, I, I think also your, your question made me think, I suppose, of um, a common trait, hopefully, between uh, an artistic quest and a childlike demeanor is not 
is saying, I don't know how anything works. You know, I don't get what's going on in the world. Like, I don't, I never go, I get the world. So you're just going, this is like, I don't get it. I remember Michael telling me that Ollie was chatting to him, okay, so I'm doing this show, they pay me, okay, so after all that money, so I can buy a car, right, with that? And Michael's like, I don't know how to break this to you, but no, you can't even buy, like, a car with that much, you know? Like, okay, maybe, like, he's like, what? And it reminded me as a kid, I couldn't believe how much cars cost. <laughs> I still think it's unbelievable. <laughs> so rather than that, I'm going, well, I'll tell you how much cars cost, and then you can suit the engine, but I'm like, just still going, what are you talking about? So finding the world unbelievable still. Mm-hmm. And of course that can range from anything as silly as the price of a car to a political situation, a body washed up on the beach, Death is supposed to be something that you understand that it's natural, whereas often it's something unnatural and unacceptable. So to go, the world is not okay, uh, is what children encounter in a series of confusions and awe, and adults have to pretend they're at home in the world. You know, so maybe there's a connection there. Could you ask a question about the audience a little bit? Um, the show, as I experienced it, was firstly a boy in pursuit of missing a ghostly father, that flips and becomes the father in pursuit of the, the ghost child. In a way, the audience are in pursuit of the, the illusion here, thinking we're the material being. And that flips a little bit as well, whereby actually this is the material reality and we're, we're, the, we're the illusion. Yeah, well, which side are you in, the, to be or not to be? This is it. Yeah. And I think, uh, yeah, I, I wonder. I, I, I have a feeling which side I, you, you are on. I was lovely to hear Ollie say, exactly. I choose to be, and to counter that against... The, the open question to be or not to be that, yeah. that you seem to embody in some ways it was a very uh, it, that's where the, the emotional heart seemed to, to, to lie in the piece in a way yeah we did have a sequence of the original work where the whole audience was going to do to the to be or not to be speech right uh, and they were going to say it together we we're actually going to secretly record it and then at the end play it while he's going through the wall and it becomes his voice and we're like ah ah jeez the sound guy please do we nick please is that cut that's cut yes I love it so always like to make things more complicated you know but uh I think the origin of the show was going through Shakespeare myself and my colleague reading every play finding any moment where a parent talks to their child from the plays of William Shakespeare extracting that into this large document mm-hmm. that becomes uh, and that was sort of trying to look about self-help like Shakespeare telling us how to live and unfortunately art is not self-help it's more like it teaches you how to die so all these all these instructions are actually hypocritical confused because they're characters not uh, bullet points so that uh, becomes slippery so we wanted to sort of cast the audience as the children of Shakespeare Shakespeare meaning not some dude okay, whatever just as art like we are, look to culture to like tell me how many times do I should I run a week muesli in the morning? What, just tell me how to live. And of course, you, you're on your own. You know, this is it. Well, we've kept Ollie very, here for quite late. I'm sorry to do that, but we're very grateful that you did get to speak to us, Ollie, and it's helped us enormously to even get some time.